0: I don't get many other thrills quite the same as whenever I do, whenever I sing. And uh, I was b- being rivaled with that this morning whenever I was hearing my daughter trying to sing along with us. I think that's even a, a better thrill right there. So I'm, I'm feeling good. And uh, especially going along with this sermon, as you can see, the power of music. Well, what do you know? So it's it's a good day. Jim Sarin tells a story of of one of his congregations or organizations the women's league they wanted to announce a new project that they were undertaking and uh... on that particular sunday morning during the announcement time the president of the women's league got up to make that announcement and it's just gonna be a short uh... description and after that short description she asked that all the ladies involved with this league to come forward come up front and just to show their dedication and most most of these ladies are uh, over 55, the the senior saints, if you will. And uh, as they started coming up front, Jim Sarin was uh, the pianist uh, for this particular uh, denominational congregation and just wanted to give them a marching tune a- along with, with this. So he started playing the chorus of the Lord's Army, you know, children's song. And just to keep that march going, and in his head he was thinking, I was hearing the familiar words, "I may never march in the infantry, ride right in the cavalry." All right, going through that, but to his dismay, everyone else was hearing the words from the original tune. I didn't know it, but you may know it. The old gray mare, she ain't what she used to be. Hey, <laughs> kind of changes the mood. Music has so many messages in our lives, doesn't it? It's so, so much that, that music can do. Uh, it's just, well, it's pretty fascinating. I know you ask a, a young couple that are in love, what's your song? Most of them will have a song. I, I may have had a song for every girlfriend that I had, so I've, I don't remember what each song was, but it was at that time it was, per, it was important. In particular, but maybe you can remember your song. It, it conveys that love, just that love. It was that song that resonated about that. Or it, it can also speak, music can speak of depression, too. Ever listen to country music? You know, I, I think I should rest my case right there, but a lot of country music is about depression and a lot of things that are going on. Uh, you know, you've always heard the, the statement, play a country song backwards and what do you get? He gets his house back, he gets his wife back, his dog comes back from the dead. You know, it's just how it kind of works. But there's also, you know, eras. I wasn't alive in the 60s, I wasn't, I wasn't there for a lot of that music, but I like listening to a lot of the, those artists. And it's really kind of fascinating. What was the main theme of a lot of the songs during that time? Protest, wasn't it? You're going to protest just about anything. Protest the war, protest the government, you're to protest people telling us what to do just protest to protest. Now, not all the songs in the 60s were like that, but there was a good chunk of songs that were like that. Music communicates to us. I believe uh, music just has an ability that is powerful. Even the military recognizes this. I think it's kind of interesting that if you were to go to the Pentagon School of Music, it'll take you 15 months to get your degree to be a band, band director. Yet, if you went to be a jet pilot... It only takes you 13 months. Kind of makes you feel good, doesn't it? There's an importance there. There's something that music just has. It has a power to communicate. has a power to inspire. has a power to change us. How often do you get in your car and not turn on the music? How often is your life just void of any music? I think uh, Hollywood directors understand the power of music. When they're coming up with a great scene, Katie and I, being musical people ourselves, are always fascinated on what they bring. What would Jaws be like without the da-dum? I mean, what would it be like? It wouldn't be the same. If they were playing something, you know, light and, and frilly, it just, oh no, Jaws is coming, you know? But when you hear... Just that, that bass sound, you, you know something, something bad is coming. Directors understand that. According to Don Campbell, he's founder of the Institute of Music, Health, and Education, music can communicate to us even when we're not influenced by the words of a song. He says music in, impacts uh, physiology at, on a deep, basic level. The human heartbeat is especially attuned to sound. Changing in tempo and volume act as natural pacemakers. Breathing slows down or speeds up along with the music. Did you ever realize that? Go listen to just a well-written piece of music. Uh, You know, you may not be into Mozart or Beethoven or some of these, but when you listen to them just at their core, you find that if you feel your heart, it sometimes will be in beat. I think that's kind of interesting. In addition, music has a different effect on the function of the brain. It can slow down and equalize the brain waves to create a meditative state, or it can energize brain waves, quickening the thinking process and enhancing creativity. How many of you uh, listen to pump up type music when you work out? You don't listen to the stuff you want to go to sleep to, it's not the same. You listen to music that energizes you. Even the cells of your body respond to music. A study at MSU found out that 15 minutes of listening to music could increase levels of of the immune chemicals, vital to protect against disease. By contrast, the the release of cortisol, the stress hormone, dropped by 25%. What's all this telling us? Music is a powerful force. It communicates messages in our lives. It communicates messages in our hearts and our minds. Even the very cells of our body respond to music. The point that I'm getting at is in Colossians then. In Colossians, God tells us that we need to use the power of music. It's not necessarily inherently good or evil. It all depends on what we use it for. There are plenty of evil songs. Plenty of things that I don't want entering my home in the form of music by any standard but that does not make it evil. Colossians three fifteen through 16, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts. God, God wants us to use music as a tool, I believe, I believe that's what it's telling us to strengthen ourselves and to encourage others but how can music help us as christians how can our songs help us first of all i think music can change an attitude can change my attitude for sure in the old testament we're told that in the later years of his reign king king saul turned away from god and When God left, there was an emptiness and an evil spirit, as it says, moved in. And Saul would be tormented, uh, just driven nearly to the point of madness, just because of this evil spirit in him. And one of his counselors told him that he knew of a young man and his singing and, and playing of a harp that just might help. And that's how David came to sing before King Saul. He came to sing, and whenever David would play the harp, Saul would feel better. In 1 Samuel 16, 23, and whenever the tormenting spirit of God troubled Saul, David would play the harp. Then Saul would feel better, and the tormenting spirit, I'm guessing that would, supposed to be, would go away. He wouldn't go aw, but. That music could change Saul's attitude, that tormenting spirit, could leave just with the music of David. Why do you think that, I mean, there's just that power over, over our persona. Why do you think that businesses and everything have certain types of music in their stores? Have you ever thought of the difference between the elevator music and the music that you would find at, at a teenage clothing shop? A little bit different, Right? Well what if you reverse the two? What would happen? I mean the mood of teenagers coming in for their clothing shop to elevator music wouldn't quite be right. I mean you hear that booming over the speakers or if you jump into an elevator and you hear some of that some of the new heavy music, I don't know, that might stress you out in some ways in an elevator. There's a reason there's elevator music. It's supposed to be calming. I don't like it particularly. That's why I only ride a few floors in an elevator. But music, it, it can it can help with our mood. It can change and and mold our moods so many ways. Second, music not only just changes me, but it can also it can also take control of my circumstances. You know, ordinarily we don't control our circumstances; they they normally control us. That's how circumstances are. Ordinarily, uh, life can get us down. People can be cruel. We can end up being imprisoned by circumstances, but we don't have to be. In Acts 16, we read of Paul and Silas. Whenever they went to Philippi, they were preaching the good news, healing uh, people, casting out evil spirits, and apparently they offended someone while they were there, offended some of the authorities, so they threw them in prison. More than that, I mean, they beat them with rods and threw them into the innermost part of the prison in stocks. That wasn't fair. They were. This was just unjust cruelty. Their circumstance was horrible. And yet, as Acts 16 says, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. It's an impressive story of what happens on the end. But I think... Like, just, we can, anyone can look at that and say, wow, the chains fell off after an earthquake. But I think the most impressive part is they had been beaten. Thrown into the innermost part of the prison. At this time, it wasn't fair. You would expect different things to be happening. Uh, despair, frustration, even rage. But what happened... He's praying and singing. This condition that they were in could have affected them. They could have just gone and, and crawled up into a hole and just waited till death or whatever. But instead, they decided to take themselves, even though their bodies were physically in chains, by singing, they went into the presence of God and take their minds away from their circumstance. So music, for them, was changing their circumstance. Yeah, they were still in chains, but they, they weren't going to be in control by those chains. When you, you and I sing to God, we surround ourselves with the music that glorifies God. We are actively putting ourselves into his very presence. And God, I would say, literally lifts us up and changes both us and our circumstances, just with music. Now granted I think the God that works behind this music is the more powerful thing. But why does God command us to sing then? There's something even more powerful with music. Singing gives us a tool to teach and witness with. Colossians 3:16. As we already read says let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God, teach and admonish with your songs. I think one of the most overlooked aspects of Paul and Silas' experience in the prison in Philippi was that while they were there, other people were there too. And while they were singing, I don't think they necessarily intended for other people to hear them, but they did. They did. Can you imagine? Here are two people that have been beaten badly, thrown into the innermost part of the prison in stocks, basically, which aren't meant for comfort. You would expect to be hearing protest, howling from these curses and rage, or even just a silence as they suffered. But what did they hear instead? All the prisoners, they heard singing this isn't church this is prison what are you doing why are you singing I know these questions had to be coming through because whenever whenever it came to that earthquake all the doors flew open the shackles fell off where were all the prisoners in most prisons if this were to happen the doors fly open Everything fall off. What would happen to most prisoners? Opportunity. He came knocking. The doors are open. The shackles are off. God would want me to walk out and leave. But where were all the prisoners? Still sitting there. I believe still listening. It doesn't say it in scripture that they were still singing at this point. But I believe they were. And the prisoners were there, listening. And so whenever the jailer came, afraid that everyone had escaped, Paul and Silas said, no, we're still here. And that witness was so big that in Acts 16.30, the jailer said, then he brought them out and asked them, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Then he took these two missionaries into his home where Paul and Silas taught the jailer and his family, and all of them came to know Jesus that very night. Why? Because two men weren't afraid to sing praises to God. Music is a powerful tool. It can change us, it can change our circumstances, but it can also change people around us. But you know, there, there are people that don't like to sing. They've come to believe that their singing is maybe even an embarrassment one expert noted that approximately forty percent of all Christians have come to believe that singing should be left to those who sing. They don't sing, They don't like to sing out loud, and they'd prefer to leave that the job to those who can carry a tune. I can understand that on some aspects my wife getting her a degree in, in music education, both of us being in choirs and band and everything like that. If I, as a as sax player, just decided to not play anything on, on my page, I'd have been kicked out of the band. If I didn't sound good, I would have been kicked out of the band. So I had to work and I had to practice to sound good. Same thing whenever I was in course. I loved singing in the course. It's a lot of fun, but if I decided to never sing the right part, I would have been kicked out. But those are, those are not the same instances of what church worship that we have together is. Those are, I would say, elite systems. Those are for the ones for the entertainment aspect. So they need to play good. They need to sound good. But in church, the sound doesn't matter. It's the heart behind it. The question we should ask ourselves is not whether we can sing. The question is whether we have a song. It doesn't matter what we sound like. Do we have something to sing? Because if we truly love Jesus, our voices, no matter what we may think of them, are the sweetest musical instrument known in the courts of heaven. Singing, even more so though, is part of our changed life in Christ. Ephesians as was read earlier, I want you to, to read Ephesians, though, as I read through this. Think of this being the new life in Christ. So be careful how you live now that you're a Christian. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Do not act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants to do. Don't be drunk with wine because you will, you will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. All of this so far is the new life changed. What should happen whenever you are in Christ. So we continue singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks to everything, for everything to God, the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God commands us to sing. And I think when we, when we step out of that, when we, we decide it's not for us, we might be missing on something that God is wanting for us. Singing isn't just for the music of it and so that people can hear me. Singing is for the heart. As I started this sermon out showing just the benefits of music, I believe God knew that. He created us. He created our need. And I think whenever He asked us to sing... He meant something by it. For his 27th anniversary program, Johnny Carson included a closing segment from one of the previous shows that had caught him off guard, he said at the time, but which had actually moved him. The previous year, Oral Hershiser had led his team, the L.A. Dodgers, to victory at the World Series, and Carson had asked him what he did to calm his nerves between innings. Hershiser responded that, he sang songs. Carson then asked the pitcher to give a sample. The song that, was, that this acclaimed World Series pitcher chose to sing that had such impact on basically an unreligious man like Johnny Carson had moved him so much that he selected this segment to close an anniversary special with a simple doxology. The song he sang, here's the words. Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him, all ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. L.A. Dodgers, World Series pitcher, to calm his nerves, sang the doxology as a praise to God. I think that's quite a testimony. And I think... He had a song to sing. And it wasn't going to stop him that baseball is normally an irreligious sport. There's not too many people in baseball that have a whole lot of religion, period. That didn't stop him. He was going to sing a song because he had a song to sing. The question this morning is not whether you can sing. The question this morning is do you have a song? Do you have that song in your heart? And if you don't know Jesus, then you, you probably don't have a song. If you do, it's probably not a good one. But if you know Jesus, there's a song within you. And it may not be the songs that we sing in the book, although those can be an expression of them, but there's a song that is just needing to get out. Maybe that song has been stifled a little bit. That is the reason we offer an invitation every service, is to renew and rekindle our spirit and to let our lives just be open books to help us leave our lives accountable to other people. So if you're subject to the invitation, if you need the prayers of this congregation or just a renewing of your song, please come forward as we stand and sing.